And welcome to another segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Still here with Woody, but you know what? Truth be told, Woody sleeps through most of it. I don't know. Maybe we just need to get a little more content here that's exciting for you, Woody. Talk about some dog biscuits or something. Probably if I talk about food. Anyway, Woody does have some suggestions and a a request, and that is to get on our website, pblpodcast.com, visit our YouTube channel, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, All of our social media platforms are there as well, but I put all of my TikTok videos up on YouTube and, again, get over well over a million views now a month on TikTok. And I know a lot of people don't want to get on it because they don't want the Chinese spying on them. Completely understand it. So you can see all these 60-minute clips at the most on the YouTube channel. And again, I'm working on some content to start putting up on YouTube as well. That'll be coming in the coming weeks. But Woody is a dog, so all he can really say is woof. But again, if you are listening to this, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please like, share, and subscribe, and give us a five-star rating. Help move us up in the algorithm uh, to get more information out there to more people and help make America great again. Look, I got a MAGA in there. All right, on the other segment, First segment of this day, I was talking about the BLM and all the riots and all that and how this and I've talked about this for a lot, a a long time now, that this is an albatross around the Democrats next. It really is. Here's an article from The Hill and The Hill is not a far right paper. The Hill is pretty much to the left. But every once in a while, they put an article out that just gets it right. The headline of this one's Democrats are now the riot party. Now, you're probably going E because I'm your host, Eve Vanderbilt. That's that recently, I'm sure, with all this going on, now they're calling it a riot party. Actually, this, this article is written on Je- July 23rd, 2020. I know that's not that far away, but in the world of politics and with information as moves as fast as it is, uh, this is after, you know, it's now, uh, you know, during the conventions, the Democrats never mentioned all of the the riots going on and the Republicans mentioned a lot. Now the Democrats post convention are trying to put this albatross around Donald Trump's neck and it's just not going to work. So back on July 23rd, the Hill wrote for almost two months, Portland has been under siege from Antifa and other extremists. These troops of the left terrorize the downtown area every night. Uh, They with paramilitary precision as organized anarchists, they deploy a wide array of less than lethal weapons to wound police ranging from bats and bricks to laser shots in the eyes of officers to do permanent damage to their site. All of this is to further their goal to overturn our society and radically transform the country. So actually for over two, three months now, for over three months, Portland has been under siege by these radical far left lunatics under the banner of Black Lives Matter. Okay. Now, I mentioned in the previous segment, here in Atlanta, we had the worst weekend in crime that I've seen in the, the, the decades that I've lived in the area. And the mayor, ineffective as she is, Keisha Lance Bottoms, just couldn't get in control of it. She did nothing. Nothing that she did quelled the violence. So she was telling people, we got to stop the violence. That's Those were words. Those were empty words. They did nothing. The governor of the great state of Georgia, Brian Kemp, who's a Republican, said enough's enough, and he called in the National Guard. Violence ended. We haven't had a breakout, breakup. We haven't had a, a weekend like that since that July 4th weekend, since the governor called in the National Guard. And now there's some going to say, well, he can't do that because it's a city. No, the governor can. If there are federal buildings or state buildings within that jurisdiction, the governor can absolutely call in the National Guard to protect 
those state buildings. And that's what Brian Kemp did. And it worked. It actually worked marvelously. So the, the violence stopped. Keisha Lance Bottoms got a reprieve because now the media wasn't all over reporting all this violence. And so she didn't have to get up there and try to minimize it or try to um, talk, uh, you know, suggest, well, it's all, you know, under control, blah, blah, blah. She actually, the governor helped her out and she didn't even thank him. But in Portland, for over three months now, <clears throat> we've seen buildings burn. People have the one guy who is a Trump supporter was killed. And we see stories now that the person that killed him actually stalked him. There's been other violence. I mean, police officers, as I read in the article now, have been permanently has permanent eye damage from this again over three months. So why doesn't the governor or the mayor do something about it? And you're like, what can they do? Well, how about they not advocate it? Well, what do you mean by advocate it? Listen to this article. Um, <clears throat> Secret Antifa tent city found, and Portland is paying for it. That's right. You may have seen this over the weekend. I saw this over the weekend. A uh, Twitter user videotaped it. He saw uh, a tent, an Antifa tent city. So let me read from this. This is from Lucianne.com. Uh, where do Portland Antifa... Antifans rest during the day between riots at night in a hidden tent city near downtown, paid for and serviced by the city, according to a local citizen journalist. After capturing the encampment on video, the reporter was chased for several blocks by two men, one with a slingshot. The camp is one of several under the auspices of the Joint Office of Homeless Services. It is entirely funded by the city of Portland with startup costs priced at $214,097 and ongoing support for all three sites expected at $155,488 monthly, said the Portland Sleuth. Now, I saw a video of the camp and he pointed out in the video, this is this looks like Antifa camp. And then men, young men emerge from these tents and they're all these blue tents and one of them was who now has been called trumpet man from the violence i guess he carries a trumpet and he's part of this antifa rioting and then others came out one did take a slingshot and started shooting at the guy the antifa rioters have been shooting police uh, with slingshots so you have a tent city a tent city in portland and the city is paying to support it the city is actually paying services. Other articles that I've read is the city is doing trash pickup for them. And the city is bringing mobile showers for them. And how does this not promote and advocate? How does this not? How is this not support for what's going on? This is the city allowing this to happen. They know where they are. The city knows where they are. Are, and yet, for over three months, nothing is done about it. They could easily, easily stop it all. Overnight, this all could be stopped. They can send in officers. They can send, they can send in the National Guard. All of this can be stopped just like that. But they don't want it to stop. The left wants this destruction because they think it's going to hurt Trump. But now that the polls are shifting and it's not hurting Trump, now they're going to try and pull it back. And you know what? It's too late. That genie's out of the bottle. These people are riled up. They're not going to just stop all of a sudden. There's also reporting 
that some of these these Portland Antifa rioters were flown in to Washington, D.C. to protest when Donald Trump did his acceptance speech at the Republican National Convention. Why is this allowed to happen? Why, why, why do these city officials allow this to happen? They want the chaos. They think, and I think this is a big mistake on their part, that this is going to hurt Trump and swing the election to the left. And it's not. Po- polling already suggests that it's, it's helping Trump. Polling already suggests that the rioting is hurting Democrats. And so here's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to scale it back because you've already seen some where there are fewer people. But it's not going to work because let's say they, they, they can accomplish this goal. Let's say they can stop it, they being the left, because I do believe it's a coordinated effort on the left. Let's say they do it. Then Trump looks actually like he looks good. You, have all, you don't have the civil unrest going into the election. So then Trump can now, and, and the, the, the news can focus on actual candidates. And Joe Biden doesn't want that because he knows, they know, Joe Biden's not cognitively all there, and he's going to slip up and fall and say something stupid again. Have you, did you see the media go crazy about Biden suggesting that a black man invented the light bulb and not Thomas Edison? No, no, you didn't. You saw the alt media talk about it, but you didn't see the alphabet media talk about it. They, it should have been all over the news. But the riots prevent that because, you know, the news media can focus on the riots. If they don't have that, then they have to address Joe Biden's comments where literally he literally, literally said a black man invented the light bulb, not Edison. And the media crickets chirped. Ah, odd times, very odd times. We got to stay vigilant, stay informed, and vote red across the board. Again, I was very encouraged this weekend with all the support I saw for Trump. And it's not about Trump, by the way. Yeah, I know. That's what a lot of people don't understand. It's not about Trump. It is about policies. It is about ideology. It is about protecting this nation. And those who support Trump know that the Democrats don't have America's best interest. They know what will happen if Democrats get elected. They know this violence, this, these rioters now will be uh, encouraged and they will just continue on their mayhem. Look what the BLM movement is doing right now. There are militant blacks, that's right, militant blacks that feel empowered to just go up to people and disrupt their dinner and nothing's done about it. Those people should have been arrested. If Trump wins, that stuff starts to stop. If Biden wins, oh my goodness. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. Okay, so let's get into polling right now. Now, again, traditionally out after Labor Day weekend is when the race really heats up. We got less than two months left of the race. And this is when we're going to start seeing the polls start to tighten because more and more people, there's a couple of reasons for this. More and more people get involved and 
polling entities need to save whatever lack of credibility they have because most people don't believe the polls. And as I said earlier, the polls do give you a barometer. It's, it's, it's okay to watch the polls. I mean, all too often, you'll see one side or the other losing in the polls, and they'll say, oh, you can't trust the polls, and they lose. And they'll again say it the next time, well, you can't trust the polls, and then they lose. So, no, you got to watch the polls. And, and I understand people's emotional attachment to this, that you don't want to believe the polls because they've been wrong so often, but they're not always wrong. Again, if you read a national poll, well... <laughs> It's not a good, it's not an indicator of what's going to happen. You've got to dig into the battleground states because national polls are always tossed off because a populous state like California and New York skew it to the left, a populous state by, uh, uh, such as Texas skew it to the right. So you've got to always look at battleground states. You got to look at where the averages are. Now, I get that pollsters manipulate. I do. I get that pollsters will basically they'll 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 form questions that lead to one candidate. You know, it, it's very easily done. So I don't believe it. I believe in polls are corrupt in that manner. However, what happens typically in presidential race is we get closer and closer. The polls tighten and tighten and tighten. And the reason is that these these pollsters that are trying to manipulate it towards one candidate. Well, they got to have a shred of credibility now. They got to come in, or at least the goal is to come in at least close to where they said it was going to be, because otherwise, who's going to buy them? Who's going to use them? Because the pollsters are money making operations. The, we get these national polls from poli politics for free, but these guys are have, working with other companies that are paying them to poll them on data relating to their company or their business. So if they're incorrect, I mean, why would you pay a company uh, to poll people for you to help move your business product, whatever, and they always get it wrong? So as you get closer, usually the polls start to tighten. So here's where we are right now in the general election. In the general election, Biden is up 7.1%. That's nationally. Again, national polls are worthless. Uh, you just cannot buy into a national poll. So what you got to look at is trends. And you got to look at where were we last year? Well, Biden's now starting to poll a little better than Clinton. At this point in time, Clinton was up 2.1% in the national polls. Okay. And she won about, you know, that's about what she won at, by the way. This is September 8th, 2016. Well, right now, Biden is up 5% in the polls, the national aggregate, or 7.1 uh, in, in September 8th. Just, sorry, September 8th. He's up 7.1. So he's polling better. Is that bothersome? Yeah, it's bothersome. It's worrisome. We should be worried. And that's why we should be vigilant and, and diligent, sorry, and not, not allow anything to test the resolve or break our resolve in getting Republicans elected. So it's, I, we've got to continue to be informed so we can have conversations with people intelligently and, and, and then, you know, help convert people, get them over to vote for Republicans. But I'm not worried about it right now. And you shouldn't be either. We want to watch the polls starting now. This is when you really want to mark it. So Mark Biden has a lead of 7.1% over Trump, and he's trended about five points better 
than Hillary Clinton at this same point in the aggregate polls. Now, here's what I don't know about the aggregate polls, because I'm not digging into it. I haven't digged into it. I'm going to watch the polls and we'll see where they fall. But I don't know if it's the same aggregate pollsters last time. It's not. They're di- they use different pollsters or they aggregate different pollsters. But let's talk about the electoral count. Right now, Real C- Clear Politics has Biden at 212 and Trump at 115. Toss-ups, 211. Some of these toss-ups are ridiculous. One is Georgia. I don't, I've, I've lived in Georgia for a long time, and I cannot remember a time where the left has not tried to make this a purple state. I, I cannot remember a time where they have not said that. Well, no, Georgia is with its electoral 18 electoral votes right now is trending at 1.3 percent for for Trump over Biden. Uh, Trump won Georgia by 5.1 percent. Anecdotally, all the support I see driving around Atlanta with Trump signs and stickers and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm saying that's just not the case. It's not a toss-up. So I'm no, I don't even look at this very often from Real Cooler Politics, the Electoral College map right now, because it's it's just really it's too early. And if you're going to call Georgia as a toss-up, because you're going to put whatever aggregate polls you want to put in there to make it a toss-up, no, nah, I don't think so. But you start watching the trends, like Montana, it leans Trump, and it was likely Trump. Now it leans Trump. Minnesota. It was in March, leans Biden. Now it's toss up for Biden. Missouri leans Trump. Now it's toss up. Uh, Maine, and this is getting a little old now, toss up. Now it leans Biden. So you start looking for those kind of trends. But again, mark the date right now. This is when you really want to start watching the polls. So let's get into the battleground states. Let's start with Wisconsin. So right now, Wisconsin is leaning for Biden by five points. So Biden has a lead over Trump in Wisconsin by five points. A lot going on in Wisconsin right now. Now, Biden's numbers went up. So it's a little bit concerning. Right, and right now, it's a, like I said, he leans five points, 49.2 to Trump's 44.2. Uh, August 31st, Biden was at 48 to Trump's 44.5. So about three and a half point difference there. Now Biden's got a five point spread. However... The Trafalgar group has Trump plus one. So right now, Trafalgar group is calling Wisconsin for Trump. They're the polling entity that got it right in Michigan last time. So I'm feeling very good about Wisconsin, regardless of all what's going on right now. We got 60 days about. So you're going to see a lot of changes in Wisconsin, too. North Carolina little worried about North Carolina. Biden now is leading uh, by 1.6. And you're like, e, that's not a lot. No, it's not a lot. But Trump won that state by 3.7 and uh, was trending better last time with against Hillary. At this point in time, he was up over Hillary. And now Biden is up over by 1.6. So this one is truly a toss up right now. There's been a lot of changes in the polling data for this one. I mean, it was pretty heavy for Biden back on August 5th, 49.3 to Trump, 44.7. So it's basically a a toss up right now. So this is one to watch North Carolina. And it's been kind of going back and forth a lot in the polls. So keep an eye on North Carolina, Florida, you know, Trafalgar, Trafalgar Group has Florida for Trump at 3% plus right now. Biden's up 1.8%. Biden has dropped. Trump has went up in Florida. Uh, Trump, Florida was one that I was a little bit worried about a couple of weeks ago, 
and now the numbers are trending very positively for Trump in Florida and Trump and or Biden is not at the performance Hillary was this same time in 2016. And again, Trump won this by 1.6. I just came from Florida purely anecdotal, but the amount of Trump support that I saw was wow. Now, Trump was leading on election day in Florida, 0.2%. That was on election day. Around this time, um, not, you know, early September, Clinton was up 5%, 3%, 4%. So Biden is not trending as well in Florida as Hillary Clinton was back in 2016. So, and I, I put this information out before and people are from Florida is like, no way that they're winning. He's winning this state. They live in this state and they see the support for Trump in that state. And I can tell you over the weekend, I saw it too. But Trump is, I'm sorry, Trump. Florida is traditionally a swing state. Pennsylvania, I got to tell you, after what I saw over the weekend, I, I just, if, if the left keeps that up with the protests and the violence in Pennsylvania, Trump's got Pennsylvania. He won Pennsylvania. This is one of those razor thin battleground states. He won it by 0.7. Right now, Biden is leading uh, at 3.9%, but he just lost support. So last week, the uh, Biden was at 49% to Trump's 44.8. And right now he's at 48.3 to Trump's 44.4. So Biden dropped a little, Trump dropped a little, but still Biden dropped a little bit more. And again, what's going on in Pennsylvania right now? Yeah. Now Clinton was up on election day, 1.9% going into Pennsylvania because she, she forgot about the state. She didn't campaign in the state. And then around early September, Clinton was polling up 8%, 5%. So she was polling way better than where Biden is polling right now in Pennsylvania. So as it stands right now, uh, Pennsylvania is looking very, very strong for Trump. Michigan, another one of those razor thin states from 2016. Trump won it by 0.3%. Biden is leading 2.6% right now. But the Travolger group, they've got Trump up 2%. Biden has dropped pretty pretty significantly in recent days in Michigan while Trump has gone up. On August 24th, Biden was at 49.3 to Trump's 42.3. So this race is decidedly, decidedly going breaking for Trump. And Clinton at this point in time, again, in early September was up 6%, 3%, 5%, 7%. So clearly Trump is doing better in Michigan and that's a key state. That's a key state. And then Arizona um, is the other battleground state that <clears throat> um, real clear politics has, and they got Biden up 5%. Now, Arizona is concerning. But Trump has dropped recently in Arizona pretty significantly. Just a few days ago, Biden was at 48%. Trump was at 45.8%. That was on August 29th. And now, now we have Biden at 49 and Trump at 44. Now, you know, Arizona, with that story that just came out over the weekend, uh, you know, brought up John McCain and the whole story between John McCain and Trump. Did that have an effect? I don't know. You know, if it did, then it'll probably break back for Trump. Trump won this one by 3.5% in 2016. 
But this was a hard-fought state for Trump in 2016. So Arizona is a toss-up. Um, you know, Arizona, it's one where um, really got to look at what's happening. Watch Arizona. But some of the other toss-up states that they have, like always, you know, Ohio, right? Ohio is always a toss-up state. Trump won Ohio by 8.1%. Biden right now is leading it 2.3%. But even a CBS News YouGov poll has Trump up 1% in Ohio. And again, um, Biden is not performing as well as Hillary Clinton was at this same time. So Clinton was up uh, 4 6%, 4%. But then it broke. In, in early September, Clinton was also up 7%. And then it broke for Trump. So let's watch Ohio. Keep Always keep your eye on Ohio. Ohio is one of those states as well that's always, always one of those um, <clears throat> battleground states. So I still see a lot of positive for Trump, but I'm, uh, right now is the best time to start watching the polls. And that they, they even, you know, the, they have Texas as a toss up. I mean, Texas is going to vote red. We know it that Texas is not a toss up. Uh, I mean, so it's just ridiculous that they would have Texas as a toss up because they're using one poll right now. Trump is up 3.5% in Texas in the RCP app. RCP average. One poll, Quinnipiac poll, has Biden up 1%. Uh, the other polls that they're using for to, to show that Texas is a toss-up, Dallas Morning News, Trump's up 2%. Rice University, Trump's up 7%. Trafalgar Group, Trump's up 6%. Texas is not a toss-up. Neither is Georgia. So don't fret about these polls, but don't discount the polls. Uh, avoid, avoid that thought that the polls don't matter because they're always wrong. The polls do matter. They do drive momentum and they do give you an idea, a barometer of where things are going. And right now the barometer looks good for Trump, but it could all break wide open for Trump because here's what's going to happen in the coming weeks leading up to the election. And we got less than two months now. Biden and Harris are going to have to get on the campaign trail more than they are right now. Biden is, you know, what is he about every other day we see him on TV? And that was only recently prior to that. We, we didn't see him for a week on end. And Harris, have you seen anything from Harris recently? You haven't seen anything major from Harris, no rallies, nothing like that. What you did see from Harris, she went and visited uh, Jacob Blake's family and came out and talked about how great they were as a family. Jacob Blake is a child molester. Jacob Blake raped a 14-year-old girl. And you got Kamala Harris coming out talking about what a great family they are. Yeah, this, this isn't going to – now that we're in the last stretch of the election – Biden and Harris are going to have to get out and campaign. They just cannot avoid it at this point in time. They know their internal polls. This, these are external polls. I guarantee you those internal polls look a lot worse than these, uh, these external polls that you and I have access to. So watch where they go campaign. They're going to be in the battleground states. You're already seeing that. Biden and Harris, both in Kenosha, Wisconsin. But you're going to see more pieces come out like the Atlantic piece to try to paint Trump in a very negative way. And they're going to blow up in the left's face. So anyway, thanks for listening to uh, this episode of PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Again, please like, share, uh, subscribe, five-star rate the podcast. It helps move us up in the algorithm so more people can see us. Because right now what happens we're relatively a new operation here. We've been doing this a little over three months. Is we're you know the more people that listen, the more it moves up in the algorithms, and more people find us.
So I need your help by liking, sharing, subscribing, rating, whatever it is on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. If you're on Apple iTunes, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. And any other, if there's a subscribe button, a share button, a rate button, please do so. Help move the PBL podcast up in the algorithm. We're getting closer to that halfway mark of podcasts out there and there are millions upon millions of podcasts so it's it's very encouraging that uh the amount of listens that we're getting in right now are putting us up in the top 50 percentile and with your help we can continue to drive that up and very simple like share uh subscribe and rate this podcast five stars, and that'll help move us up. Again, thank you for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast. Woody, Woody's taking a nap. You know, Woody's a good, good rester. And he says, of course, woof, to get over to our website, pblpodcast.com, and subscribe, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Again, thanks for listening. Have a great day.